0: Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning, and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. Let's pray before we get going. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you so much, God, for your word. We thank you for everything that you have done for us, God, and the fact that we can trust you and and that your love is here and your spirit is here. Thank you, Jesus, as we get into your word, that Holy Spirit, that you would lead us into all truth and be our teacher. Reveal to us what you have for us this morning, Father, so that we can know you better. That's our aim. Our goal is to be more like Jesus in every single way, Father. Help us to remember that is what it's all about, is being more like Jesus and to know you. So we thank you for this opportunity to gather in your word. As well, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We lift up our nation of Canada. We thank you for the privilege to live in this great nation that we do, Father. And we right now lift up every single leader on all different levels, Father, that you will continue to lead them uh, into wisdom, lead them with wisdom and in truth, Father, lead them and guide them to be able to help champion the citizens of this country and to lift up the principles that this country was founded upon so we can further continue to be a light into, wor- into this world, to provide opportunity for all who do come to this, Father. And we thank you in Jesus' name that if there are people who want to work against what you want for this nation, if there are leaders that are detracting from what you want Father remove them from office we thank you're going to bring up other people who are after your heart after your will and God will listen to the direction you want this country to go and we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus everyone in agreement said amen and amen and amen title of the sermon this morning is selective hearing how many people married someone with selective hearing don't raise your hands that was a trap I just set you up. Selective hearing. We, uh, we live in a time, uh, which we're going to read in our Bibles in just a moment, which reminds me how many people brought their Bibles to church. The Real Deal Bible, hold them nice and high. All right, iPhone Bibles, who brought the iPhone, iPad Bibles? Right on. You guys are doing well. First service has got you beat by a mile, just so you all know. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 8, verse 31. We're going to start off here with our reading. This is Jesus talking. We're going to focus today on two verses. John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, so Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him. So notice these Jews already believe in Jesus. If you abide in my word... In brackets, if you hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. So again, I just want to emphasize, these are people that already believe in Jesus. Jesus is showing another prerequisite to not just have a relationship, but to move from relationship into discipleship, to be a disciple of Jesus. He is saying that if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciple. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Jesus has established a number of things in this verses already. He is saying, for those who are called my disciples, the way that you know that you are my disciple, a follower of me, is if you abide in my word, live in my word. That, that is a, a standard that Jesus has set. You are my disciple if you abide in my word. That to me speaks action. But then he goes and he talks about truth. And he says, then at that point, so when you abide in my word, then at that point you will know truth. You will find truth and truth will set you free. It's very important to be able to listen and to hear this because we live in an age, just like in Revelation, which we'll read in just a second, we live in an age where there is a nonstop attack on truth. There is constant alterations of truth. There is sayings like live your truth, which really is just a euphemism for saying live by your feelings or live by your opinions. It's not truth because truth, you have to have an anchor point. You have to have an absolute truth in order for us to all have truth. Jesus is saying here, I am the truth. He says that later on in John chapter 8, that he is the truth. And so this is important for us as Christians to Do what John chapter 8 says to abide in the Word so that we can know the Word. So that we can understand the Word. So that we can tell when the Word is being altered or watered down or changed for whatever reason. You guys with me so far? Jesus is saying, you are my disciple if you abide in my word. And when you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many people in this room have been in situations, maybe you've dealt with addiction your whole life. Maybe you've been a victim of abuse or maybe you've abused people. Maybe there's things in your life that you have done. But when you found Jesus, you found freedom. You found truth. You found a new way to live which was counter to what you originally lived based off your feelings and your thoughts and your intuitions. Have you been there before? Maybe it hasn't been as an extreme example of what I just said, but if you found Jesus, we've all found some sort of freedom or potential change or we've experienced change in our life. So what I want to talk about today is that mentioned earlier, there is an assault on truth and what truth is. And I think that if we're not careful as Christians, if we don't know the word, if we don't know the language of the word, the meaning of what God is saying, because God doesn't give his word to control people. How many people know that? God gives his word to lead us to a path of life. It's to lead people in the direction that they can Thrive. They can experience the fullness of God, His glory, His grace that He's brought for us. That is why we have the Word. The Word is Jesus. We know that as it says in John 1, that the Word is Jesus, and that when we study and know the Word, we start to experience truth, which means we experience freedom in our life. But there's a lie going forward that is altering the truth, that is telling people, live by your truth. And that will make you happy. That will lead you where you want to go. But really, it's a deception from the enemy, which has been done over and over again, that's going to lead people to a path of destruction. So my point today, and where we're going to go in just a moment, we're going to look at five things that Jesus never said, that culture thinks Jesus said. So, we're gonna attack this for a moment because I I feel like I've been, for a while, I've had such a passion and a burning on my heart that Christians have a responsibility to, as Paul said, first off, not to be ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel, but to speak boldly to what the gospel says about truth, to bring truth to situations. Now, are you guys gonna be this quiet on me for the rest of the service? I just, I know I'm gonna make you think today. But really, the, if you look at, I'm going to back up for a second. Truth and love need to be spoken and they need to be working hand in hand. If you have truth, if you're speaking just truth without any love, is that a lot of times there is this condescension that comes with it. There is this arrogance, there is this pride, or even this heavy-handed approach which tends to make people not receive the message, selective hearers in a sense, and a lot of times that doesn't work. But if you speak things of just love, I want people to feel loved. I want people just to feel accepted. I want people to feel like they're good and and they're worthy and all that. But if you speak love without any truth, it's going to lead you down a path of chaos. Just look at our culture right now. Love without truth, a guide, is chaos. But there is a way to walk hand in hand with love and to speak truth at the same time. Jesus showed us how we can do this. You know, Pastor Leon coined the term called spirit contemporary. About not compromising the gospel whatsoever, but having a way in which we can reach the culture that we're going after and we're speaking. And right now, there is such an assault from culture, and it's it's a lie straight from the enemy, of deception that's deceiving people into elevation of self, what I want, what I feel. This is who I am. It's my truth. And he's deceiving people. And if we're not careful as a church, people, if we're not careful as a church, and we just want to love on people, we can very quickly walk into the side of compromising what God said. Compromising what Scripture says. This is... Thank you, Jesus. Is that this is so vital for us? And if, hey, if this is your first time, in the church, you, we're, we're hitting the ground running. Just so you know, okay? We're gonna. We'll, I'll give you a couple things in just a moment, but this is so vital because you're in a group of people who have experienced Jesus and His freedom from every single walk of life where we experienced bondage or or all these things that can hold us down and hurt us. Where we constantly are looking for life, is that. We have found freedom in Jesus because of what he says, not living by how we feel or our feelings. So we're going to attack this in just a moment about five things that Jesus did not say because if we're not careful as a church is that we can start to appease culture in the name of loving people. We want people to feel loved. We want people to be accepted. We want people to walk in for forgiveness and to forgive. That's our, one of our mottos here at church. But at the same time, we can't compromise the word. Jesus himself Loved people, right? He accepted people. In fact, Jesus went out of his way to accept the unacceptable. Jesus forgave people. But Jesus also drew some very strong lines in the sand that puts people in a position to decide whether they accept it or whether they reject it. And our responsibility as Christians, if we've truly experienced freedom and love and we know what Jesus says, it's our responsibility to speak truth in all situations. I pray that you do it in a way that shows love and acceptance to people. We don't want to compromise the word because if we're not careful, we can fall too far on one side or the other. And Jesus showed us the best of both worlds. And there's this thing with language as well, that I I believe that there is very important things uh, to understand about how we speak. Not to be flippant with our words. To be intentional with what we say. To not water down the message or just generally water down things that we say. I, I believe that your language, your words, they're currency. I think a lot of us spit out too much currency and we actually devalue the words that we, we say. Jesus, if you look at what he said, was very intentional of how he said and, and language changes and it shifts from culture to culture. Have you guys noticed this? Is that words take on new meanings, new definitions. Like the, the Kardashians have redefined the term literally. If you know, you know. But language shifts and it changes. And if we're not studious, if we're not diligent uh, disciples in the word of God, if we're not knowing the language of what the word and the message is trying to say, we can fall for partial truths, we can, which was a non-truth. We can fall for manipulation or lies that sound good because they're being used to attract and help people. I'll give you a couple of examples. Is that in, uh, if you follow politics a little bit, in California, um, their governor, Gavin Newsom, about a year, year and a half ago, in a campaign about abortion clinics and all that, they had scripture on the same billboards as they were promoting for abortion. Now, if you don't know the word or you know scripture, then you might think, well, that sounds good. Like it's, it's trying to give people and empower them, or it's trying to make them feel like, like they're valued and important. If you don't know what the scripture says, you can fall for that comfortable lie that's kind of there. A similar thing was um, even during COVID, the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, was using the Bible or using scripture to try to get people to get vaccinated. Now, just for all of you whose alarms went up, that's not a statement about whether vaccination is good or bad. It's a statement about the use of scripture to coerce people to do something. But there are so many Christians that just accept that because it sounds good and they don't know the word. But if you want to bring freedom and truth, if you've experienced freedom and truth, you need to know the word so that we can bring truth to situations in people's lives. See, the thing about love is if we really love someone, we want to show someone a different way that can lead them to a path of life, right? If we don't love someone, well then we're probably not going to. Let's give Jesus a hand. If you don't truly love someone, you're probably gonna put yourself first so you can avoid confrontation and that potential offense that can occur by bringing truth. How many people know that truth can be offensive? How many parents have offended their children? From their perspective, every hand should be up, right? The other day I had my first experience with Gabriel where I so offended him. (laughs) You could tell his reaction, like normally the kid's been a pretty decent addition to the family so far. Like he's (laughs) starting to pull his weight. But it was so funny is that this time he keeps going. He's getting so tall now. He reaches on top of every counter. So now we just push everything to the back of the counters. And he loves grabbing all of our car keys. And he loves throwing them down the stairs. So he had four sets of car keys in his hand walking to the stairs to throw them. And I go and said, "No, no, son, or whatever. Can I have the keys? And this time he doesn't want to give me the keys. So he holds them back. So I kind of grab his hand a little bit and said, we don't throw. Confronting him, offending my child. We don't throw keys down the stairs. Grab him out. And he had this like cry for mom. My, like, it, was, it was like he absolutely was complete. It's like I beat the child. That's what his reaction was in the moment. So his perception was offense. But I was trying to show him a truth. We don't want to throw keys down the stairs. How many people know that the Bible is offensive? Yep. I, I just want to, the reason I'm playing on this word offensive, I want to get rid of this taboo word of offensive. Because it's become such a thing in our culture that is a lie that is stopping people from bringing truth at the risk of offending someone. I don't want to offend you, so I'm not going to tell you what I really think. Or I don't want to offend you, so I'm actually not going to share with you what the Bible says. Even though the Bible will lead you to life. And if we are careful, we're actually elevating ourselves to not to put ourselves into awkward positions if you really love someone, we're going to show them what we've experienced. Penn and Teller, uh, a magician group, I guess, guys, there is one, I forget which one it was, but one of them was telling a story about when they finished the show, there was a man waiting outside to tell him, wanted to talk to him. So he came over and talked to him, and the guy told him about Jesus, told him about what he found, and his whole idea of, of who Jesus is, and you need Jesus. So Pen or teller, they were talking in an interview a couple days later, and they were, and the one guy was saying, This man waited to tell me about something that he truly believed and spoke to him. I don't know if it impacted him, but it, it spoke to him. But then he makes a comment and he says, But it makes me think how much, if you really believe that Jesus can bring freedom, that Jesus can bring eternal life. That if you don't have Jesus, you will go to hell because Jesus is the way. If you really believe that, how much do you have to hate someone to not tell them about it? So it's a little bit of a twist on the same perspective that it is so vital for us to be able to know the word and to bring truth and clarity to situations. Because I think too many of us are sitting back waiting for God to move and he's looking at you saying, I've given you the word. You say you believe in me. You say you love me, but do you know my word to bring truth to culture? And if we're not careful, is that language and these things can shift around quite a bit. John 8.31, I talked to you about how if you are a disciple, you abide in my word. Jesus also said in John 14.15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's a strong statement. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he says in John 14.23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And then Jesus says, John fifteen twelve, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. How many people know that love is an action word? But what is love? We look to 1 Corinthians 13, we know that love, it says there, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast. Love is not self-seeking. I want to focus on this for a quick second, is that we live in a culture that is all about self-promotion. We live in a culture that's all about myself, love myself. And Paul writes that real love is not self-seeking. Real love is actually seeking the benefit of the other person. So our application to that as Christians is that we are called to love other people just like Jesus, which means at times when the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you to speak up and bring truth to issues and to people's lives. And by truth, the reason why I keep saying truth as if there is a constant, because there is an absolute constant. There is an absolute truth, and that is God's word. And we can't be ashamed of that fact, of all these different directions society is trying to find answers. See, this is the funny thing, is that we've got it teed up for us. People are looking for value, they're looking for freedom. They're looking for love. They're looking for acceptance. They're looking for purpose. Every single one of those things is found in the person of Jesus. If you want freedom in your life, we go to God's word. Let's give Jesus a hand. So all of this to say, the reason why I'm harping on this, is because as we dive into some lies that are perpetuated in our culture today, things that people might have thought Jesus is saying, but he's actually not saying, I want to embolden and encourage our church and, and, and this message to continue to go out to show people that you have got the answer wherever you go. You have got the truth that can help people find freedom. It doesn't matter about lifestyle choices, doesn't matter about how deep someone might be in wrongdoings, Is that this gospel is for everybody. We have all fallen short. There is no snobbery, no judgment. Why? Because none of you are good. I'm not good. No one's good. Jesus said that. Only God is good. And that's the beauty of the gospel was that when it's presented, everybody has an option to accept the gospel or to reject the gospel. And you know, just a complete aside, is I remember the other day someone asking, why did Jesus or why did God create hell? Or why did God create that, that other side? And it's an interesting question because that insinuates that God had a purpose for this place. But I think when God created good and everything, that so everything that countered when the fall happened is there's an abomination and a complete opposite happens. So God, just so we know, never sends anyone to hell. Can I just clear this up for a quick second? Don't know why I'm going here, but we're going to chase it for a quick moment. God doesn't send people to hell. That's a misconception. God presents the gospel. Jesus, his son, in fact, God sent his son Jesus so everybody can be saved. doesn't matter if you're, if you're Muslim, if you're Buddhist, if you're white, if you're Filipino, if you're black. If you, it doesn't matter what you are. Everybody has a chance to accept the gospel. And when we accept the gospel, we get redeemed. We have a place to be back with Jesus. Our soul, our heart becomes righteous again, and we choose to accept it. If we don't accept the Bible, you are choosing to reject the things of God. And we cannot exist in the realm of God because he is holy, because we have chosen to reject what he is trying to give us. So God's not actively sending. That's a complete aside. It has nothing to do with what we're doing today, but just wanted to clear that up for a quick second. So when we look at this and we look at the truth, the truth sets people free. You guys with me on that? Do we believe that? The truth sets people free. So no matter what's happening in our society, we have got the ability to point people to Jesus. So we're going to get right into it. A couple things that Jesus did not say. Number one, you guys ready for five points? I never do points, so you guys are getting blessed today. (laughs) Number one, Jesus never said, follow your heart. What? Jesus never said, follow your heart. I think a lot of times, especially in the Western church, is that there is this self-seeking, comfortable Christianity that is set in, that's all about, I want this religion because it makes my life better. Which it does. But when that's our goal and our aim, just to have nicer things, it's wrong. Jesus never said, follow your heart. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 27, follow me. Jeremiah said, In Jeremiah 29, he says, or in Jeremiah 17, he said, the heart is deceitful among all things. Who can know the heart? Who can understand the heart? So when our heart is unredeemed and our heart doesn't have Jesus, our heart is going to change. Our desires are going to change. Why? Because the heart is deceitful. You can't trust it. But when you redeem it by giving your life to Jesus and you fill it with the word, we now set a standard of truth that abides in our heart, in which we can actually live. Jesus never said, follow your heart. He said, follow me. A self-seeking culture mixed with a lukewarm church is going to lead to ultimately disaster. The church needs to be able to speak up to this. Number two, Jesus never said, be true to yourself. I'm going to let that sit for a second. Jesus actually said the complete opposite. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must be true to themselves. No, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. I'm going to tell this section because you guys, I don't know if you're listening over there. (laughs) Jesus said to not be true. Jesus never said, be true to yourself. Jesus said you actually have to deny yourself. This is something that gets so mixed up in Christianity because there is, when it comes to issues of of morality or sexuality or or different ideologies, is that it seems like culture emphasizes Christians only want certain people groups or certain lifestyles to deny what they're doing. Truth is, every single person who comes to Jesus must deny themselves. Doesn't matter about lifestyle, taste, doesn't matter about what sin or indulgences you like, doesn't matter if money is your God, or doesn't matter if you're living in a lifestyle that's contrary to what God's best is for you, every single believer must deny themselves. In fact, Jesus says, you're my disciple if you take up your cross, which means it picks up and takes up the things that your unrenewed heart would naturally want. So every day we come before the altar and say, Jesus, I lay this down and I'm leading, letting you lead me. Letting your truth guide me. Why? Because God's truth will lead you into life. God's truth will lead you down a path that you could never even imagine. God's path will bring richness and fullness and will ultimately bring glory to him when you trust him. So let's get rid of that misconception. Every believer must lay down themselves. Not just certain specific people groups or people types or anything like that. Are we clear on that? Jesus never said be true to yourself. He said you actually must deny yourself. Jesus number three said, never said, let's make this clear. Jesus never said, believe in yourself. How many people are going to chapters right now to return that self-help book you just bought last week? (laughs) Jesus actually said in John 14, he said believe in me. And then he goes on to say, I am The way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then no one comes to the Father except through me. That is a statement right there. See, this is the idea that Jesus is not, cannot be a good prophet. Okay? Jesus can't just be middle ground. Well, he was a great prophet, but he wasn't God. It's either Jesus was crazy and worthy of the loony bin or Jesus is worthy of worship it's one or the other that's the line that Jesus drew in the sand by making this statement I am the way I am the truth so if we're trying to find the way through through other religions well Jesus is saying you're going down a path that's going to lead you to destruction I am the way but it doesn't change the fact that people are searching which creates opportunity for you to share the truth even if it offends somebody You guys are quiet on that one. Jesus never said, believe in me. He said, Jesus never said, believe in yourself. He said, believe in me. Number four, Jesus never said, live your truth. He never said that. Jesus never said, really, that's a euphemism for live by your feelings. Live by your opinions. And guess what? If someone else has a different opinion, it doesn't matter because that's their opinion. They just use the word truth. You've got your truth You've got your truth, and you've got your truth. And in that, truth is relative. So that whole argument on its own falls apart because there is no truth according to that definition. You actually have anarchy. You've got chaos because everyone does what they want, when they want. Everyone defi- There's this moral relativism that hits when you fall that way. Jesus came and said, I am the way. Then what did he say? I am the truth. So if we're Christians and we're appeasing this idea, what we're actually doing is we're disregarding what Jesus is saying. In fact, we're probably even doing more than that. We're not being disciples of the word because if we're disciples and we know what Jesus says and we understand when people are erring, we say, no, 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 hold up, hold up. I understand that you are searching, but let me tell you the truth that I have found. And you now position them to make a choice. I love how Paul did this when he was reaching, uh, when he was in Greece, Paul was walking through, and Greece at the time was a culture that was, it was, was going every single direction, worshiping whatever God they wanted to. There was this sexual immorality everywhere. People were elevation, elevating themselves. It was nonstop of self-worship. All of these things were going on. And Paul noticed there was a statue that says, the unknown God. So what does Paul do? He doesn't tear down everything they're doing and come at them with hard truth and try to beat them up and say, you're wrong and you're evil and all this kind of stuff. He speaks truth in love. He finds a way and he goes, let me tell you guys, worship the unknown God, let me tell you about the unknown God. I know the unknown God. And he outweighs every single other God that you may worship. Let me tell you about Jesus. So Paul uses that and redirects him to an absolute truth. A number of months ago, we did a message on the necessity of absolute truth. And the way that I view absolute truth is that I picture deep sea divers in a vast ocean where you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meters of open water. You've got such a great depth below you. And if you've ever been deep sea diving, when you're going down and you're getting deeper and deeper, is that in a quick second, you can easily get turned upside down. You can easily become disillusioned. There's things that can happen which makes you lost and you have no idea where you're going. It's a crazy dark abyss down there. But when you have deep sea diving competitions, you'll notice they've always got a constant anchor or line that stretches down hundreds of meters. So that as guys are diving or girls are diving and they're going deeper, is that if they start to get disillusioned or they don't know where they're going, all they have to do is reach back to this anchor, this line, and they automatically know which way's up and which way's down. It's the constant that they can hang on to. I picture that anchor, the exact same thing in society and culture. Is that if we're Christians and believers and all we're doing is is taking our notices from how people feel and how people, what their wants and desires are and just want to accommodate, well, you're going to get flipped upside down and not know which way is right and which way is wrong pretty quick. But when you have the Word of God as that anchor, all you have to do is reach back out to that anchor, get connected to the absolute truth, and now you remember, you know what the truth is, and the truth will set you free. It will bring freedom to where bondage might be holding you down when you go back to the truth. That is why truth is so important to be spoken in our culture. Jesus never said to live your truth. Jesus actually said, if you abide in my words and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You guys with me so far? It's so important. And, and the one thing I know about when they say live your truth Live your truth is just live by your feelings. And the one thing I know is that my feelings, they change. My feelings right now are going to be different than where, when they are in an hour. They're going to shift nonstop. You may be feeling right now like you're in the darkest time of your life. You may be feeling like you've got no hope. You may feel like you're worthless. But guess what? Your feelings are not Truth. When you go back to God's word, I remember and things come up and remember the absolute truth of your best days are ahead of you. Is that God is for you, he's not against you. God has come so that you can have life. God will make a way when you don't see a way. When you have these feelings that start to oppress and bring you down, you go back to the truth and remind yourself of what God's word says because that will trump your truth every single time. Jesus never said live your truth. He said, when you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's in John chapter 8. The last one here is, Jesus never said, as long as you are happy, that's all that matters. (laughs) This is taking over parenting, to be honest. Jesus never said, as long as you are happy, that's all that matters. Jesus says in John, or Mark chapter 8, he goes, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to forfeit his soul? He's talking about materialism. In our culture, we define happiness by what we have. We define happiness by what we achieve. Our culture defines happiness by how much money we have. Materialism. And you see this slowly creeping into the church, especially in the Western world, that we define it that way. But Jesus is there to remind us that stop pursuing all of these things. He never said, I just want you to be happy. No, Jesus wants to lead you down a path of life. And guess what? When you follow Jesus and you follow his way, is that he's going to exceed anything you could ever do on your own, in whatever way, however you define it. Because that's the path that Jesus says. The bottom line is, is that as a church, and I believe as Spring Church, and I believe that as we continue, this has been pretty heavy on my heart for the last number of months, is that having the courage and the ability to speak truth in love when situations arise and they're gonna rise daily in your workplace, in your family life, in different situations, in politics, in sports, whatever it might be. And we don't speak truth in a sense to want to control people. We speak truth because we are called to love people. And if you've experienced the love and the freedom of Christ, we can't help but share that to people. We can't help but let people know. And what you simply do is you present them with the gospel, just like Jesus presented them saying, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And he's drawing a line saying, you can choose, but I'm here to bring you life. And I believe that we as a church, we cannot be a lukewarm church. We have to be hot or we have to be cold. I used to equate hot to being good and cold to being bad. But if you read Revelation chapter 3, there's a letter being written to the Laodicean church. And the people in this culture, in this city, they understand this this hot, cold, lukewarm idea because they had hot springs outside their city that would flow into the city. But by the time it hit the city, the water would be lukewarm. And on the other side of the city, they had fresh springs of cold water that was flowing. And it would flow the other direction. So this city, this church understood that when Jesus is saying, we can't have lukewarm people, lukewarm Christians, because they understand that lukewarm is good for nothing. When you're hot and you have hot water, it goes and it changes and it convicts and it brings. When you have cold water, it brings life and it refreshes and it revives. It has purpose. But lukewarm Christians, you don't have purpose. So as Christians, it's time to get off the fence. Understand that you've got the answer. You've got the truth. Not because you're selfish. Not because you want to control. But because we love people and we want to show people a path that they can choose and walk down and experience Jesus the way you've experienced Him. And I just pray and I just know. That as we dive into God's word and Spring Church leads the way of being disciples of God, being disciples of Jesus, not stopping at salvation, but knowing his word, knowing the truth and the truth sets people free. That we'll see all of these stories and these beautiful things happening where we're having change in our culture and our society and in our governments and in our families and all of these things. Why? Because we are bringing the truth to situations and not appeasing euphemisms like feelings. You guys with me on that? Praise Jesus. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to give you a quick moment. I, I said at the beginning that if you're here for the first time, we're, we're hitting the ground running today. But I want to let you know that if you don't have a relationship with God, the amazing thing about the gospel is the gospel is for everyone. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he came for everybody. It doesn't matter how good or how bad you might think you are. You might be looking for purpose and love and acceptance in all the wrong places. I'm here to personally tell you that all of those things are found in Jesus and Jesus alone. If you want freedom, we go to Jesus. If you want peace, you go to Jesus. If you want to experience love, you go to Jesus. And what the gospel tells us, Jesus says it so plainly. He, guys, he says, David's paraphrased version, guys, stop trying to be good. No one's good. Only God is good. But Jesus came so that when we simply put our faith in him, we choose to follow him. The word says that when we choose and we make a choice to follow Jesus, we accept him as our Lord and Savior. What you're saying is, God, I need you. I repent of my ways. I need your lordship in my life. When we make that decision, I'm following God, and you confess it with your mouth, that's part two. You speak it, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Guess what? You automatically are in God's family. You don't have to clean your life up. You don't have to get rid of bad habits. All you have to do is believe and you confess. We repent and we confess. And when you do that, you are automatically in God's family. You begin that relationship and you get reunited with the God that purposed you and brought you here and knew that you were gonna be here. And if that's you and you wanna have that relationship, maybe you don't have one, maybe you left God, maybe you thought God left you a long time ago, but you wanna start it up, is that in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. When I count to three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And if you're online or you're watching in a different site as well, God knows what you're deciding or there's a leader on stage in a different site, but God will know what you're deciding. If that's you and you want to start that relationship with God today, experience the freedom that comes with God, would you put your hand up in one, two, three. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you back there. Thank you over here. Praise God. Thank you over here. Just keep your hand up so I can see you. That's awesome. Thank you over here. If you're online, God knows exactly what you're deciding. If you're on the other site, just wave at the leader or pastor on stage as well. I'm just going to give you one last chance here to be able to raise your hand. What you're doing is you're signifying, I'm choosing to believe in God. That's awesome. Would everyone in this room please repeat after me? We're going to pray with these people and make this confession with them. Dear God, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross, for forgiving me, of all of my sins, and for rising again. Today I choose to follow you, and I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone in agreement said amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for all those that made that decision.